When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 170 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network, and also Fanatics, recording on, a, on an Easter Monday, had a little bit of a, a weekend relaxation, uh, well, besides Saturday at, at half past 12, of course, uh, to, to look back on that Manchester United defeat, obviously 2-0, it finished to Manchester United, and then look ahead to, to a big game on Saturday at Goodison Park. Against against Fulham, me and Peter will, will take over the the early part of the show before Lee does join us. Once he he puts down his his roast chicken and roast potatoes, got his got his timings all wrong apparently. So um, we, we'll I'm sure we get a a fuller explanation once he once he does appear. But Pete, obviously straight across to yourself, um, a game obviously at Old Stafford that was always going to be a difficult one. You know, it, I, I wouldn't think many Evertonians earmarked that game as one way we're going to pick up eight points, three points, you know, in, in some you know some way, shape or form. What was your take-home from, from the performance? Were you disappointed with what you saw on Saturday? It'd probably be too strong to say I was disappointed, um, but I don't think many people would disagree with me if I said that it's probably our worst performance under Sean Dyche. Now, regardless of who the opposition were, um, you know, regardless of where it was, you know, predictably before the game, all the talk was about, um, you, you know, how little success we've had there and what a tall ask it was. And, you know, the headlines were being written before kickoff, really. But I, I thought we, we had spells of the game where we we were wasteful. I thought we could have done a lot better. Um, I'm sure, we'll, you know, we'll break down the game piece by piece in, in a mo, but I thought defensively we were uncharacteristically poor, sloppy, looked a bit off the pace to me. Um, although we, we did some good pressing in their half, when the ball came towards us, we just couldn't cope. And when they were switching play quickly and looking for that diagonal pass over the top of Ben Godfrey, we were just really slow to adapt. I thought 
maybe both on the pitch and perhaps also, you know, from the bench tactically. I, I think everyone could kind of, you know, see what was coming and we're under tremendous pressure. And, it, it you know, it, it was like... Um, it's a terrible analogy, but it's a bit like David and Goliath, really. It was like it was like you know, two two fighters throwing power punches at each other, and you just thought if we can go ahead and get the goal, maybe then we can kind of compose ourselves and um, you know get something from the game. But if they went ahead first, you just didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of hope for us, really. But I, I thought it was a really bitty performance from us. Um, and I know we'll break down the again, we'll break down the tactics um, in a sec. But I think maybe a lot of Evertonians would be surprised with how he, he lined us up because it, it really was effectively a four four two. I expected Damari Gray to be on the right hand side and Awobi to kind of be in that energetic box to box midfield role that he you know he, he kind of. Um, developed under Frank Lampard really and he's had a lot of success with and he you know he knows it and arguably is it his best position I think I fully expected him to slot in there so I was really surprised when Iwobi started on the right hand side and um, you know Gray was not only central but was quite high up the pitch um, and wasn't you know wasn't really looking to get back into space or you know cover their six for, for the pass out so it was really surprising um, how attacking we set up really and maybe some of that's kind of in response to the Anfield game where I think, you know, the, the consensus is Ellis Sims was really, really isolated. So maybe he's thought, look, if we're going to play Sims, we've got to get someone up around him. And that's what he's asked Damari Gray to do. I, I don't think you can um, be too critical of Sean Dyche because he's still working out his best team. He's still understanding, you know, the players and, um, you know, the, their best positions and, how he can kind of communicate with them and get information over to them. We were a big man down in terms of, uh, you know, the Decore suspension. But I thought on the whole, we we were poor for, for the Everton we've come to expect under Sean Dyche. I think that would be fair to say. Yeah, that, that, I agree with your analysis there, to, to be honest. And it was, we knew obviously, um, Ellis Sims obviously started the game and, the last time, you, you, as you say, you think back, you link it to the game at Anfield when he was very, very isolated, wasn't he? And, and we didn't get bodies around him. And it, it wasn't the kid's fault. You know, he, he was literally a lot of nerves he played with at Anfield as well. He, he was running around, you know, just, just burning off energy, just probably due to excitement and, and nerves and what have you. And he was more equipped to start it at Old Trafford on Saturday, I thought. And, and I think you're right in what you said. You know, you've got the eye very pushed up almost in a 4-4-2 formation. A lot, a lot of fans would probably say that in recent weeks with with the core, he's always been the more advanced of that midfield three. We've almost been playing a, a semi four four two in a sense. But when you've got when you've got the Mari Gray being the, the the second striker, if you like, as opposed to the Corey, who's naturally midfield minded, where Gray is naturally attacking minded, it becomes different. It becomes a more attacking four four two as uh, as opposed to a slightly more defensive one, if you like, because the Corey will always drop in. And, and I think that, you know, the, the biggest the biggest thing that I noticed early on, probably the first 25 minutes, was was how open the game was. And it, it was almost, you, you, you wanted to say to them, get your foot on the ball and just calm things down. Knock the ball around a little bit, but if there was nothing around at the back, you know, stop stop rushing everything. It was it was end-to-end stuff. And, you know, United, they, they missed an open goal, didn't they, with, with Wan-Bissaka. Got, got to be scoring after the uh, 
I think Anthony hit the post, didn't he? Wan-Bissaka on his left foot, put the ball wide. Ellis Sims has a great chance to pull us 1-0 up as well. And all the time, in the way, a lovely bit of football uh, between him and Seamus Coleman. And he drags, he, had, he had, probably had too much time, too much time to think about it. And he totally scuffs the shot and, and the ball goes wide. And it was sort of then, he just thought, for me, you know, we, we, we don't give ourselves or put ourselves in a good position and give ourselves something to hold on to. And if, if we do, if we score there, maybe the game's a little bit different. Maybe then we go, right, OK, let's now go a little bit more defensive. We can we can try and hold hold on to this now. If we come away with the draw, then, then fine. But it was that was a pivotal moment, definitely, where we missed that, that chance to go 1-0 up. But... It was it was far too open. It took us it took us quite a long time to actually settle ourselves down into the game. And I think a lot of people were saying, you know, Dyson D- terms of the tactics, he's he's changed too much there. And there the probably wasn't there wasn't a great deal of change really um, in terms of how we approach other games. It was just the personnel probably just didn't fit. And when you Obviously, Ellis Sims, it's it's not 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 his fault. He's coming, he's, he's a central striker. But when you're playing Damari Gray, like you say, as a second striker, as opposed to Abdullah Dakori, his energy um is is his knowledge of being able to drop back into a midfield three as well. Um it, it becomes different and you notice you, you do notice obviously the, the little things that make a huge difference. And I think it was uh, is it Michael Greenall on Twitter that he, he's very good with his, his analysis of, of of obviously Everton's games and he was saying you know he seems to think it was little things that were the difference and because there was no decor right, you had Onana and Garner then sort of stepping up and stepping into into space and maybe overcommitting at times and what that was then doing was that was then obviously causing the problems that we had I mean how many times Pete you mentioned just then that that switch. Uh, switch your play over um, over Ben Godfrey's head. He got cut off didn't he, a couple of times, which is probably what led to the to the tactical change at, at hard times to bring on to bring on Michalenko. But United seem to be able to pick us off at will, especially in in that first forty five. Yeah, de- definitely, and it, it seems to be a a tactic um, teams over the last three or four games have started to try and exploit. Really, so I think. It, it, in the initial games where, where Dyche came in, you know, particularly the, the one nil at Arsenal, that kind of low block that we we drop into um, when, when the initial press hasn't worked was really effective in stopping teams from passing through as quickly, which was the big problem probably in you know toward the end of Frank Lampard's tenure and arguably one of the you know the key reasons that we just couldn't get a win under him. Um, but what teams seem to do now is that the looking to try and not play through the lines against us and just hit the early ball, hit the early diagonal. Something Chelsea had a lot of success with, I, I thought, when uh, when we went away to them. I think other teams have tried to do it against uh, against us since. And it was something United just really, really exploited, particularly on um, on the shoulder of Ben Godfrey. And, and Anthony just had so much success, didn't he? He had so much joy. And you would say United were really wasteful as well. Uh, I, I thought there was a point in the first half. It could have been about three three, and then the longer the, the half uh, went on, the more I think the more points I, I ended up giving to um, to United. I think they could have had five or six in that first half if they were more on it. Um, I thought Jordan Pickford was absolutely sensational. Uh, I, I can't remember who it was, but I, I think um, was it Coleman that made made a really important block as well when someone looked to to, to get a shot in. But yeah, we just seemed slow to respond, didn't we? And you know, is that down to a little bit of leadership on the pitch in terms of 
you know, making adjustments? Is it, you know, waiting for a message to come from the bench? You know, I, I don't know, but we didn't seem to have an answer for it. So hopefully it's not something to be too worried about because, um, you know, United are a, a top, top, top side, particularly at the moment, particularly at home. But um, it does seem to be a, a, a strategy team to now having a, quite a bit of joy with against us. I think you're right, but but I think that because obviously the the pressure became so incessant as well, that's what leads to mistakes and lapses in concentration. And you know, you, you look at both goals for me, and the, the first one especially, we had countless opportunities there to, to actually win the ball on the edge of the area, and and that's that's a disappointing thing when when that that kind of thing happens because that's inexcusable. Okay, you can get past one tackle, you can get past two if you're lucky, but but not not three, not not three, not four, and. That, that that was a really disappointing thing because if you go in it, you know, to half time at nil nil, okay, you got away with one. Like you say, Jordan Pickford was, was, was exceptional all game. I think he made nine saves, which is a lot of saves to, to make uh, in a in a Premier League match. Some some easy, some some were exceptional, some were very very good saves, especially you know the the ones where in the first half and some uh, they're coming through one on one. You know, Pickford makes a couple of really good saves there, but I think that you know if you get through to half time. Rightly or wrongly, at nil nil, then okay, you can then reset, make the change. Obviously, Godfrey came off a more defensive, a more disciplined left back in, in uh, in Vitaly Mikhailenko, and and then things things maybe are maybe different. But it's Sean Dyche alluded to it after the game. It's mistakes. We say we said it quite often, haven't we, over the last few years? When we make mistakes, ever it quite often leads to goals. And Seamus Coleman slips, you know, for the for the second goal, and it goes to nil at that point. I mean, at one nil. I was I was thinking to myself, we have to do something quite big here to get back into this game because there was nothing on the bench really was to to change things up. Obviously, Ellis Sims started the game. There was Neil Mope, and then the, the the changes that were made. We saw Michalenko, and the two lads came on in the middle of midfield in in Tom Davis and James Garner for Adjisagala Gay and and Amadou Onana, uh, which we saw that change didn't we against against Spurs as well. So in terms of game changes that. There wasn't really anyone on the bench to actually make something happen. Um, so you, you always felt felt the worst at one nil, uh, even even though obviously you're only you you're certainly not, not out of uh, out of sight, Man United. But it, it's still it's still you know one nil down at a side. It's not in great form, but doing doing well this season under a new manager. So it's always always difficult. Um, but it was it was just one of those games, wasn't it, where we just couldn't just couldn't seem to get ourselves going. We left ourselves wide open, which is you know it's very very unsure dice in a way, isn't it? To to be to to I mean the thing the XG was was off the scale for those who were into that. I think it was over four, which is which is really really high. Um, I think that was only surpassed by the way by Liverpool. Against Arsenal uh, yesterday, I think Liverpool had a higher one than what United had, had against us. But we shipped a lot of shots, especially first half, um, and you know it was it was disappointing in, in that sense that we that we found ourselves so so wide open. But what, what's what's your take on the on the mistakes, Pete? Because we we have this discussion all the time, don't we? How, how disappointing it is to make mistakes that lead to goals, but it always seems to be the case, wasn't it, with Everton in terms of you know. A couple, a couple of slip-ups and the balls in the back of the net. We've seen it so often this season. We've seen it so often in previous seasons. Seamus Coleman, who's been fantastic, by the way, you know, since since Sean Dice has come in. Um, he hobbled off, didn't he, late on for, for Nathan Patterson. 
Um, it's always it's always frustrating, isn't it? When, especially in a game when you you know you you're fighting for scraps and fighting off scraps, um, to make mistakes and then go go one and two nil down is always frustrating, isn't it? It is, but I know it's a football cliche, but against the top sides, the, the mistakes get punished and then they get highlighted, don't they? You know, I, I think sometimes against so-called lesser opposition, you can make mistakes that you know maybe don't end up um, getting scrutinised on highlight reels over and over and over again in, in slow motion. So I, I think it's important to have a bit of perspective. I think the Coleman slip's just dead, dead unfortunate. I, I, you know, I really do. I think, I think it's one of those things. You know, he's, he's not meant to do it. I, I wouldn't even call it a mistake. It's an accident. You know, he's he, he slipped up. It's led to a goal, and you, you've just got to move on. I, I think the, the the bigger mistakes, if you like, are probably the more subtle ones. The ones that we were just talking about in, in terms of, like, the, you know, the midfield pressing, the space. It's about what happens in front of the back four, isn't it? Before those passes come through, um, the McTominay goal. I, I thought we were a little bit flat-footed. Maybe you know he he was able to come in, and it's it's quite a simple run, really, isn't it? I know I know it got lots of um, you know plaudits and and praise, which it, it will do on Sky. But it was quite it was a simple run, and I think it just caught our, our defence flat-footed. But I, I think the back line were looking to pick up that many runners. Um, you know, McTominay's probably not the one you've you've got your eye on, and he's you know he's in form at the moment. He got a couple of of great goals, didn't he, for Scotland against um, against Spain? So his confidence will be high. So I I just think it's it, it's one of them. I do. I, I thought we were sloppy and wasteful. Um, I thought United were fairly wasteful, but I I just thought they played really well and they exploited our weaknesses. And you know, we we came there as a doubly wounded animal, didn't we? We they know we've had no centre forward. Um, they know we're out we're, we're without Decore, who's who's been probably, in, well, arguably our best player under Sean Dyche. So they will have smelt blood and they will have wanted the first goal. And you know they play quickly, they play with aggression. You know they were direct when they had to be direct, and it it just wasn't our day. I think it's that simple. And we'll and we'll have those kind of days. You know we we've, we've had them already under under the uh, the new manager. Where I mean you you said probably the worst we played. I think it certainly runs Anfield close. Um, people will point to Arsenal. We were competitive against Arsenal. We were probably the best side for 41, 42 minutes against them before the first goal. Um, but, you know, th- those those three defeats that we suffered at the hands of Arsenal, um, Liverpool and Manchester United against three three top sides, aren't they? So you, you, you can't have, have those kind of games where, you know, you, you don't create a great deal bar one one really really good chance for for Ella Sims, um, and that's that's the that's the thing. It, it can happen, and you know, as I said before, you know, with the start of the show, not many Everton fans would have had us down for for much of anything. That, um, but obviously, anything's a bonus, as we found out against against Chelsea. That that point was it was a real a real positive. Spurs in the end was probably a real positive as well to get that point so so late on, um, but. You know, we'll have we'll have games where, you know, hopefully Saturday as well, where we are, we are a bit more competitive, create create more chances. Um, but it, there's a bit of a dilemma now for Dice for me in terms of obviously what he does do with with the Corey out for another two games. Um, it's it's what does he do now? Me and Lee discusses on the on the show, um, obviously last last week to, in terms of what he would do against United. What do we do in 
in Decore's absence. And I think I think some people maybe maybe I was one of them, to be fair, underestimated Abdullah Decore. We know he's done well since he's come back in. He's you know, he's got a couple of goals and a couple of assists under under Sean Dice. He, he's coming from the cold and done done really well. And you know, when he got sent off, you start looking ahead two games and thinking, okay, what can we do? And I think the general consensus was that James Garner will come in. Um, maybe even Alex Obobi will go into into a central position and play behind the front man, if you, if you like, uh, because he's got that energy. And, and we then obviously have Onana and Garner as, as per usual. But the big question now, Pete, is after seeing that on Saturday, and, and it, it didn't work, it didn't, you know, like, and for the reasons that you've already said in terms of the, the Mari Gray and, and the Corey being two different kinds of second strikers almost, if you like. So what does he do now? You know, we've got a couple of games before, as I say, before he is due back. What 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 will the what will he do? Do you think again? Obviously, Fulham's the, is is the next game coming up. We've got Crystal Palace as well before we'll see the core again. What would you like to see the manager do to to address the situation? I mean, I, I think there's an argument that you know at, at home on the the Goodison size pitch, will he kind of fancy the four four two? Will he keep it the same? And maybe do a little bit of of defensive and, and organisational work with the same players around you know around shape and you know particularly defe- defending those uh, those diagonal balls in behind or what what he did do as the game went on against United is he changed it up didn't he he eventually did put a Wobi in that um, kind of you know wasn't not quite a ten is it's more of a, a box to box midfield role and he put Gray on the right so could that be the team that be the team because I I expected that to be the starting eleven against United because I just thought it might be a little bit too soon for um for James Garner. So he's still building his fitness. Obviously Dice is you know still getting to know him and he's got a, a group of players that he's trusted um so far. So I, I don't think James Garner will start. I think he'll probably continue to incorporate him off the bench. But I wonder if that might be the change whether he'll put a Wobi into that um into that midfield role just to give us a bit more sort of energy and legs and, you know, tracking the abilities, you know, the ability to press and to break up play and have Damari Gray on, on the right. Um, obviously, we'll lose a bit of attacking edge. But then, you know, do you lose something from Ellis Sims there? Because then, you know, then you don't have a, a direct att- attacker in and around him when he's holding up the ball. You know, it puts a lot of pressure on Alex Iwobi then to to be really aggressive and to get forward and what you get from Decore in terms of his aerial ability, um, you're not going to get that from Alex Awobi. And I think at least what Demarby Gray gives you is when the ball comes down, it's at his feet, he can go either side. Uh, and he's, you know, as we know, he's a top, top finisher. So I, I think, I think it's an interesting one, but I, you know, I expect Alex Awobi to, to maybe come in centrally and I wonder if he'll put Demarby Gray on the right hand side. Yeah, I mean, Greg on the right-hand side is always a bit of a, a dilemma for me in terms of the fact that defensively he, he's not as disciplined as others. And that's why, as much as people might, might take exception to Alex Iwobi and his form over over recent weeks, when he gets asked to play on the right-hand side, the reason being is his discipline is he, better, you know, when he will cover. So if, if Seamus Coleman is overlapping, you will get a bit of cover from Iwobi. Um, and he's a bit more settled in, a bit more trustworthy than Ademari Gray. Who at times, you know, when it comes to chasing back, he, he, he's great for it for a little, a little while, but then fatigue seems to hit him quite quickly. So, 
it's always a bit of a struggle that that right hand side, and that's why I'm just not sure whether whether we'll see we'll see Alice Sims drop out again, and and him then just say, okay, well let's let's go in there with with the Mike as as this as a striker as he's done in recent weeks as we've we've seen obviously since since Forest Bird. And then I said this last week, maybe, maybe say to Onana, well, you, you go play a little bit further forward then and then bring in a James Garner to, to sit in with, with Garner Gay. You know, because James Garner can't play in that advanced that advanced midfield role for me in terms of is, you know, he's not on a bladder core in terms of what he brings. He's, he's not overly physical. He's not, you know, he doesn't play with this intensity in terms of his closing down and, and his, his pressing. He's very much in. A technical footballer, so to speak, he's lovely on the ball. He's got a decent range of passing. Um, he can do the simple things well, and and his decision making looks looks to be looks to be pretty sound. So it's difficult that you know. So I, I just think we might see Sims drop out again and Grado Sensor with somebody in and around him, uh, which is a shame really because I think Ellis Sims will get more chances at Goodison Park than he would than he would do and does do away from home. You know, we started two games, one at Anfield. And one uh, at Old Trafford, two, two notoriously difficult grounds to go to anyway for Everton. Um, and and the kid, bar that that one one major chance, has had very very little to to feed off. Um, with the best will in the world, it's not it's not his fault, you know. Um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be a I think a real dilemma for the manager because the game on Saturday, it's it's not in the must win category, but obviously we we saw it the weekend. Some results went our way, which we're going to have. Some results didn't go our way. You know, we we, we seeded sides. Um, obviously, Leeds lost to, to Crystal Palace. You know, substantially five goals to one, which Palace now two wins out of two have pulled themselves away. Leicester lost obviously to Bournemouth, who were who were in and around us as well. Um, we saw Forest go to Villa and and get beat. Southampton obviously they they lost it at home to Man City. It was a real mixed bag of of results really wasn't it obviously Wolves beat Chelsea to pull themselves away a little bit so we it's one of those games now where we need to pull ourselves back in out of the, of the bottom three um, in terms of goal distance um, but we know that this this round of games coming up next week in terms of who's playing who it's absolutely huge you know you've got Leeds against Liverpool um, Leicester got to go to Manchester City Tottenham have got Bournemouth there's a lot of tough games for a lot of sides in and around where we are. So if we can go go to Goodison Park and, and pick up three points, it'll be it'll be huge. But I just think it's a dilemma now with, with that game against Fulham. Then we go to Crystal Palace, who, as I say, they, they found this little bit of form under under Roy Hodgson these uh, these last couple of last couple of games. You know, to, to go anywhere away from home and score five goals is impressive. To do it in a game which was, you know, the, the, it was it was a high jeopardy game, wasn't it? You know the the loser um, is, is in is in quite a bit of peril and leads that that kind of hammer will not do their confidence any good at all. So that's going to be tough to go to Crystal Palace and again, high energy team. What do we do in terms of replicating that without Abdullah the Corey? So that suspension, I think, is is probably being bigger and is bigger than many people thought it might have been when he was sent off. Yes, yeah, massively. Massively, and you know, it's, it's it's as good as a new signing, isn't it? Really, when you know we were talking a couple of weeks ago, the core was on his way out of the club, um, and now you know it's it's amazing to think that because you know, like we said a moment ago, he's arguably been our our best player 
you know, let, let's hope that we can get something out of Fulham and we can plug the gap and solve the problem enough to to come away from the next two games with, you know, hopefully some amount of points in in each because it's um, as, the, as the weeks go on, it's getting worse and worse. I don't know about you, Mike, but can't take it. And it, the amount of times I joke this season that I, you know, I don't know if I can sit through another Crystal Palace night from last season. You know, that 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 for me was enough to last a lifetime. You know, I'm ha- I'm happy for that to, <laughs> to be a distant memory and to be proud to say I was there. But yeah, I I don't know if I can do it again. So I I, I just hope that we we get enough out of the next two or three games to start to to pull away enough that we're we're not right right in the the eye of the storm. Yeah, it's going to be nervy, isn't it, Pete? It's, you know, you, you you look at yourself with the positives every single week, and like I say, the positive this this weekend has been that we're not we don't find ourselves in the bottom three, albeit by goal difference. We've we're back at Goodison Park on Saturday, and other sides have got really difficult games. Don't be wrong, Fulham, which we're going to discuss in a second, it is it's a sicky game for us, of course it is. But other sides have got some some top top sides who were challenging for the top four, um. So it's it's going to be it's going to be a you know. A good few weeks now, twists and turns. You know, obviously Palace as after after Fulham, Newcastle maybe at Goodison Park as always. You know, after after last season, that that's always a, an interesting interesting fixture. So yeah, twists and turns galore. Um, and if by magic our resident chef has just has just checked in after uh, after the bar and his his roast chicken. Um, I said I said at the start of the show when when you do it, I just fill everybody in as uh, as to why you were so late. Oh, you've just dropped me straight in it there, haven't you? Cheers, mate. No, mate, it was a lovely roast chicken um, with all the herbs you can imagine, a bit of roasties. I think Pete's got his in the oven now, to be fair. Um, so we'll have to have a... We'll have to have a you, can, you, can, you can be the adjudicator out of 10, mate. Mm-hmm. You can be the market, Marcus Waring of the... Uh, <clears throat> what, what is it? Master Chef, that's it. The Master Chef world. Well, you know, it's I've seen I've seen photographs of yours before and and sort of after, which you know look 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 fairly fairly presentable and fairly nice. Um, look quite look quite moist has got to be said. Um, for 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 those who who like the the use of, of that word in particular. Um, so I look forward to seeing to seeing Pete's efforts shortly. I'm going for a, I've got the leftovers from from yesterday's roast dinner to throw into a pan after. After today's show, so look forward to that as well. That's always it's like, like like Boxing Day when you've got about eight thousand roast potatoes left over, carrots and turnip, broccoli, uh, Yorkshire puddings, and there's beef, there's gammon, there's there's turkey, everything. So I look forward to that. So yeah, we, we'll 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 certainly come back to this conversation. But before we move on to Fulham, I'm just going to ask you, Lee. I said to I said to Pete, we discussed on the last show in terms of what the manager might do with obviously the core being being suspended. We saw what happened yesterday when, it's uh, like well, yesterday, sorry, at Old Trafford on Saturday, where where the Mari Gray was almost playing as a as a second striker behind Ellis Sims, and, and he couldn't replicate that energy of, of Abdoulaye Dekore. Um A lot of us thought maybe James Garner would just come in. What do you expect to see on Saturday and beyond? Obviously, he's got a couple of games to deal with now in terms of addressing the absence of of Dekore. Now he's experimented one way, and it didn't really come off. Yeah, I think that last statement is bang on. I'm sure you guys have already mentioned it early doors there. I think it was a gamble he didn't need to take against United there for me. 
you know what I mean? He decided to sort of tweak it a little bit, obviously with the Corey missing, uh, rather than sort of keeping, you know, essentially the same formation, just changing the personnel by bringing maybe Garner in and asking maybe Onana to push on a bit further forward or whatever. But obviously he didn't do that. Um, and as the first half clearly played out, I mean, he got it drastically wrong, didn't he? What, what it was for me is that he should have really... I think the top, top managers, we see it with Carlo sometime or when, when Carlo was with us. And when they see it's not working, they change it straight away, don't they? And it was almost like he was going, you know what, let's dig in till half time and then, then address it then. Well, let's be honest, if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford, it could have been five or six. Um, they were, the amount of space that Bruno had, and let's be honest, you know, as much as, much as we absolutely hate, despise him as a player, um, he, you know, he's he's got a brilliant passing range, and he was constantly clipping over the top, no pressure on him whatsoever, and 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 they were getting in every single time, weren't they? Um, so for me, he should have realised early doors going right. I've got this wrong. I need to flip back to what we've been playing and being more resolute. And to be fair, he said it himself, didn't he? Second half, he changed it, and then we 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 got to grips with it a lot more. I know Godfrey struggled in the first half, but you know. It's, it's it's like absolute suicide going to United playing with the high line, isn't it? You know, playing with it. You know, it wasn't a fully. We weren't exactly on the halfway line, but we were sort of in, you know, in the, between the halfway line and our own box constantly. I just felt he got it massively wrong, and you know, weirdly we were still in the game then at one nil until the error, weren't we? So again, you've probably thought about that. So yeah, I just felt it was a risk he didn't need to take. We're running out of games. I'd rather us have just been absolutely horrible carry next to no threat whatsoever if we have to and just basically restrict them to next to nothing in terms of shots. Almost a bit like the second half, really. You know what I mean? Where where it was a bit of a dour game and you know exactly what we'd probably want it to be at the as, as the away side, but we were one nil down. But going forward in answer to your question, um <clears throat> Fulham is a game now we massively have to win, isn't it? We massively have to do it. When you look at the fixtures now, we've got Palace after that. Let's be honest, Palace have had two great wins since Hodgson's come in. Not only the great wins, it's the way they've won as well. You know, they've had over 15 shots in both games, you know, which is very un-Hodgson-like in a, in a weird way. But obviously, the players are clearly responding since Vieira's left. Um, and, you know, that won't be a gimme by any means now, the, the Palace away game. If anything, that, that can now be marked down as a, a you know, a draws a good result in a way. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, with Fulham, I would reckon he should personally stick with Damari Gray. Um, I don't know what you two think. I think he should stick with the, the, the same form and bring Garner into the side uh, in, in place of Decore. Maybe ask Onana to maybe play higher up, maybe breaking into the box late like Decore was, and then get Garner to maybe sit in the eight position, really. Um, I'm not sure what you gents think, but I just think that was kind of working for us in a lot of games and the fact that we were difficult to beat. And you know, let's be honest, Fulham have hit a, hit a massive roadblock since Mitrovic has gone out out the side. They lost Paulinho for a few games. He's vital to the way they play. He's now back in the side, but they're still losing. So, you know, it, it now becomes a game where not only it must win, there's a great chance we can win with the form that they're in. Well, that, well that's it. And we're going to go into a little more detail after, after the break. But like you say, in <clears> regards <throat> to the options that Sean Dice has had, we mentioned there maybe O'Nara playing a bit further forward, having, having the straight swap for, for Garnett and Amari Gray being up front and, and Ella Sims be, being brought out of the side. But it's a big dilemma for the manager after, like we said, he, he's tried something at the weekend. 
it's not really work, which is is more to do with personnel more than anything else. Um, so so big questions he's got to answer and work on over the next few days before Fulham are in time. But we're going to take a short break and then discuss discuss Fulham straight after that. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast. And it's time to look ahead to, to Fulham. Obviously, a bit of an Everton connection there uh, with the manager, of course. Saving the second game was of his touchline ban, from what I can uh, I can remember. Obviously, Lewis Bowen-Morse, he's he's there as well. Anthony Robinson, he's uh, obviously he's a mainstay in that that Fulham that Fulham defence now. Uh, the former Everton left back. So there's there's quite a few Everton links there. Um, aside who up until recently were in fantastic form, you know, you, you look at how well they were doing, and you know, they're not, they're not too far from, from you know, European places now. Eight points off Aston Villa, who've had a fantastic turnaround, by the way. That, that's, a, that's a different matter altogether. Emery's done fantastically well, they're up to six, Fulham down to 10th now. And they haven't won a league game since they beat Brighton, uh, which was which was mid, mid February. Um, they went away to Bright 18th of Feb. Since then, a draw against Wolves. They they beat Leeds in the FA Cup, but then got beat by by Manchester United, which led to obviously suspensions, which we'll come on to in a minute. Beaten by Brentford, beaten by Arsenal, beaten by Bournemouth, uh, and also beaten by West Ham this weekend. So not not in great form. Um, Mitrovic suspended after after what happened at Old Trafford. Eight games he he was given. Um, so massive, massive player for them, uh, and one of the the major goal scoring threats is obviously not going to be be facing Everton. How how much of a bonus is that piece for Everton when we we look at this the threat that Fulham can pose? We look at the players obviously that they do have available. It's a you know it's a big positive for us not to have Mitrovic, but also not to have the manager on the on the sideline as well. It is definitely uh, like both both you and Lee just said it. It, it's a little bit of a, an unknown quantity in a way because we're coming into the game, you, you know, also having to make some adjustments, aren't we? You know, particularly with the uh, the absence of Decore and the the problem that leaves Dice with and how he approaches that. Um, like we were just discussing, I, I think in a, in a weird way that could kind of decide the game really um, in terms of whether we get that right and, and you know whether we're able to stamp out some of the mistakes that you know particularly we saw in the first half against United where we just looked so so vulnerable to counter-attacks to quick football because that that's how Fulham play uh, regardless of whether, whether they're on it or not that you know we've got to give them respect they're a top top football inside and you know the, the three of us have always been big advocates of Marco Silva and the style of football he plays and we you know we know what to expect from Marco Silva sides from you know when he was our manager that likes to play quickly likes to play out from the back possession football you know extremely aggressive uh, you know high fullbacks I, I think it could be a really difficult game I think it could be a really open game um I think it could be a game surprisingly with a lot of goals d- d- despite how much we've struggled to score um I, th- I think it's it's a weird one. I, I really don't know what to expect from this game because I I think when you take Decore out of our side with the way he's been playing, I, I think we're a completely different team, really. And it, like we're discussing, I, I think it's all about how we try and solve that problem and whether we can do a good good enough job of it. Yes, I think all eyes are on that that position, aren't they? I think 
you know, like you you mentioned earlier on in the show, Pete, we're, we're at home. So, you know, you'd expect us to approach this game slightly differently than what we saw at Old Trafford on, on Saturday anyway. Whether that leads the manager to to maybe to maybe be a little bit more attacking in that sense, I don't think so personally, because I think under Sean Dice, we, we've we've always really in most games created chances. You know, our XG has always been pretty good. Um even at the weekend when we didn't create a great deal, we had the best chance before the obviously the first goal, we had the best chance of the game. You know, we're fit for Ellis Sim. So we've always always been creating chances. Goodison Park has certainly been a leveler fit for us as we've as we've seen against, you know, Arsenal, for example, Spurs. Um, you know, we we beat Leeds, of course, beat Brentford, who were who are a top top side at, at this moment in time, fighting for European football. Um, and also Fulham haven't taken the full allocation of tickets either as well, which, you know, they will always have a more of a Sogans in there as opposed to the, the usual amount of, of, of away fans. But that midfield, that midfield three or the replacement of the Corey is is a massive, massive battle. But what, what are your thoughts when you go into the game, obviously? Do, do, do you read a lot into the United game? Do, you know, do you think there'll be any kind of... Of hangover, do you think Sean Dice would, would, would allow that? Well, we were unbeaten in four going into that game, and you know, so we, we, we were building a little bit of confidence. It was always going to be a massive ask, you know. Our record at United is difficult anyway, and United are resurgent this season under Ten Hag. They, they were unbeaten in 24, weren't they, going into that game at the weekend against us as well? So that tells you everything you need to know. You know, really top side. Okay, they had some key players missing, so we would, you know, we felt we may have a chance. Brentford frustrated them in the week, and they only just got past Brentford one nil. So I felt we'd 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 be a little bit more, like I said before, a little bit more sort of cautious, a bit more resolute. But we were just really, I'd almost say, overly ambitious for Dice really in that game at Old Trafford. Yeah, you know, and the fact that he he said after the game, transition in the Premier League is massive, and obviously it is. A lot of goals come from transition. But we were flooding bodies forward, weren't we, whenever we had the opportunity. Now, I know our goal-scoring record needs to improve. Of course it does. And that won't improve if we don't flood or we don't get bodies in the box. But there also comes a point where you need to know where you're playing and who you're playing against. And I, I, Like I said, if it wasn't for Jordan Pickford having an absolute wonder half, it, it would have been an embarrassing scoreline. And, you know, um, the Fulham one's a weird one. It'll be a totally different game. Uh, like you said, we're at home. Mitrovic is a massive loss. He's absolutely key to the way they play. Um, and same with Paulinho. So if you remember when we had Marco Silva at Everton, you know, that number six was a vital role for him, wasn't it? And he lost Garner. And then, in, you know, in the end, you know, it's well known he tried to get replacements and he couldn't get the people he wanted. But um, that six role for him is vital. And, and Paulinho's been one of the best sixes in the league this season. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, certainly when Fulham were on a, a really good run up until recently. Um, brilliant intercept and aggressive in the tackle, good on the ball. But then, as I was saying, Mitrovic, they've been playing Carlos Vinicius up front and we'll all remember him from his time at Spurs briefly. And let's be honest, he's he's, he's nowhere near Premier League level for me. He's just nowhere oh, near that. Don't say things like that. <laughs> no one else will yeah, well, I was looking at his stats actually before the podcast and he's played 20 games this season, started seven, most of those coming recently, um, scored two goals. Um, so he's averaging 0.1 a game. He's averaging less than 0.3 shots a game as well. So 
you know, let's be honest, he, he's, he, you wouldn't describe him as prolific. Um, but that that means Fulham have really struggled to replace, uh, obviously, Mitrovic and, and the threat that he brings. And Mitrovic, not only is he a goal-scoring threat, his all-round game, let's be honest, is, 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 is improved massively, hasn't it, the last few years? His hold-up play, his ability to win the ball in the air, his ability, you know, his strength in the air, full stop, on set pieces, on crosses. You know, he's a decent finisher on the deck now. He's improved that massively. So, you know, he's a decent all-round number nine. Uh, and let's be honest, he'd walk into our team right away, uh, as he would with probably most of those teams in the bottom half. Um, so, he's a massive loss for them. And I just think if we can stay solid and hope that, you know, we really sort of start quickly, get an early goal, like, we, you know, we have done a couple of times at Goodison and the Daesh, I think we'll, we can go on and win the game then. My worry is if it if it if it plays out and be you know becomes a really tight game, then it's anyone's game then, isn't it for me? Anyone, any, it's almost like second half nil nil. Whoever scores here is probably going to win because both teams, you know, certainly them more recently have not been prolific, and let's be honest, us all season just haven't been prolific. Full stop. So um, yeah, it's it, I'd, I'd I'd feel so much more comfortable. I think you you two boys have said this recently on your recent ventures to Goodison. You felt more relaxed going when we you know if, certainly if we've scored in the first half than you have done for a long time, and that's that's credit to Dyche and the team and what they've done there really. But I still think we need to score, you know, certainly first half or first thirty minutes if we can in the game just to take the pressure off because. The crowd will know now more than anything. This game is is as close to must win as you're going to get in the last eight games of the season. I'd I'd love to go to Goodison Park and and go into half time two or three and look. I'd, I'd I'd love a game. I said this that we have a game like that where we can we can truly relax and and play with a little bit little bit of freedom and take the edge off. And every game we we do see to play at Goodison Park, especially on the edge. You know, since since Sean Dice has come in. The Arsenal game, obviously, we 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 got the goal in the in the um, from, from James Tarkowski from the set piece, of course. But obviously, it's on edge because the, the the top of the table, the Leeds game, because of you know where both sides were and are on edge. The Villa game, dead dead tight game until we conceded the the, the, the first goal and, and it didn't go our way. It's Tottenham, obviously, what what happened in that game? So every single game at Goodison has been. It's been a, quite quite an edgy affair. The, the fans have been great, you know. We, we've we've been obviously we've been there ourselves, but we, we can't give enough credit to the fans, given how difficult this, the the situation currently is for for us as a club, but also off off the field as well. Never mind what's happening on the field. Off the field, it, it it's absolutely terrific as well. Um, so it's I'd love a game where we can re- relax a little bit more. Um. I'm sure we've got it us. You know, we we we've said already we we do create chances, especially at Goodison Park. We we we've created some really really good chances. We're such a threat from set pieces. Uh, we just need sometimes things to go our way to allow us to be two two up at some point and and allow us then allow the fans to to relax uh, during during the game. But the pressure's off them really. The the mid table, the you know the the guarantee to be in the Premier League. Next season, not going to go anywhere. You know, if they if they turn around the form a little bit, uh, they're not going to probably get European football. But they could finish up as, as high as sort of eighth, ninth, which would be a really good good reflection for for Fulham uh, under under Marco Silva. 
So there is no pressure on them whatsoever. And that's that's always a concern. We are playing under pressure. Um, probably the only good thing is we're not the first game of the weekend. We're not the last game of the weekend. The, the game, the R12 game on Saturday is is uh, Aston Villa against Newcastle has no bearing on on the on the relegation the relegation side of things. So we're all starting off on on an even keel, um, and hopefully they, they don't flash up any any scores during the uh, the first or second half as they as they did a few weeks ago, which is uh, which was fed back. I, I wanted to mention quickly as well. I think William's been a very good signing for him, by the way. I was going to mention you know, William. Yeah, he's been, yeah, he's been fantastic, yeah. hasn't he? he? I've always liked him, and I don't know, all of us have always liked him. I mean, he's always been a top player, and you know, certainly at Chelsea, he was, and he was a Brazilian international there as well. And um, but you know, a few eyebrows were raised a little bit when when Silva signed him, but he's shown how, 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 still how much of a good player he is. But you know, he's, he's obviously a clearly very good professional as well. Looks after himself. You know, you're almost one of those players where you know what he's going to do every single time. He's going to fade and jink on that right foot. But he just, you know, he's so quick at doing it, that little shimmy. He always gets a yard and gets a shot off. And that Solomon, I don't know whether you guys have seen much of him. Um, Solomon, who's broken into the side in the last few, well, probably the last since we've come back from the World Cup, actually. He scored some good goals for him as well. Um, he's, he's, he's looked really sharp, small, quick, skillful, almost like a, a young version of Willian in some ways. Um, and he scored some crucial goals, goals falling up until they went on this bad run. So, um, yeah, by no means will they still, you know, ever, we've played them down a little bit with them obviously losing to a few key players. But, you know, those players, those who I've just mentioned there can win a game on their own. And, and, and they have scored goals this season as well. So we still have to keep our wits about us, don't we? Well, William's been terrific. You know, he, he's a player that, they, that they've brought in. And, and a few eyebrows were raised. I know we had a little link link with him ourselves. And so it was all, yeah, you know, he's, he's too old. He's 34 years of age. Um, but he, he's been he's been fantastic. I, I, I think the likes of uh, De Cordova Reed in, in the midfield, he's, he's a threat. He carries a threat all the time. You mentioned Solomon there. They, they've got they've got bags of pace. They've got absolute bags of pace. I'm always weird, by the way. I don't know why. There's always certain players from certain teams who stick in my head. And for Fulham, it's Harrison Reed. He sounds like he 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 works in an estate agent or is an estate agent, and he shouldn't be very good. But he's always one of those players who who seems to do something against Everton and seems to play particularly well. And and I just think that you know again we just got to get a grip at this midfield. The, the midfield can save me because of. What I saw, obviously against a top United side, but that replacement or not replacing Ducore correctly with the right personnel is a concern. And the manager, as I say, has got a lot of thinking to do to get that to get that right. Obviously, being at home, like I said earlier on, is is always a bit of a level for me, especially without good. You know, as, as a set of home fans, we've been since Sean Dyche has come in, so that always helps and and always pushes the players on, but. It's it's another it's going to be another nail biting nail biting game I think but it's an opportunity for us if things can, can go our way it's an opportunity for us to to try and get a little bit of daylight if we can can you know can can we get a bit of daylight just for once can we just pull away get a bit of a buffer some sides have started to do it we we've seen you know obviously Leeds got a win last weekend obviously they got beat by Palace but they they got a win you've you've seen Wolves beat obviously they beat Chelsea Palace you said earlier on you've you've got a couple of wins on the spin. Um, can we now? Can we pull away? Can we drop a, a few teams, a few teams behind us, and just start to feel a little bit better? But doesn't doesn't get any easier, that's for sure. Um, but let's have our predictions. Let's finish off with our predictions, Lee. 
what do you think Fulham Goodison Park Saturday at three o'clock? Yeah, just quickly, I agree. I wanted to quickly mention your point now, which is a really good one. A few teams have managed to string a couple of wins together. I think West Ham have almost pulled themselves out of it a little bit now. They've got a game in hand. Palace, Palace we said the same there. Um, you know, Wolves as well had a vital win the other day. So I think I honestly think it's going to end up being between us, Forest, Bournemouth, Southampton, and Leicester. Uh, I think the others will end up pulling away a little bit. Um, you know, Leicester apparently have tried to agree a deal with Jesse March, haven't they? And failed again. Um, I don't know what the hell Jesse March is asking for. That's twice it's broken down for him now. Um, but yeah, um, you know, the, the longer they go without a manager, the better. Uh, but it, it appears it appears to be Dean Smith, doesn't it, coming in right, on the right. deal? That that seems to be the latest talk today. I think there was a bit of talk around Rafael Benitez, uh, but all 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 roads seem to lead to uh, to Dean Smith on a on a short term deal. That'd be an interesting appointment. Let's see how that plays out then. But, but yeah. So, so, so you know, what I'm trying to say is, you know, it seemed to be a sort of eight, eight or nine horse race that's slowly whittling it down to maybe five or six now. And um, you know, we just, like you said there, Mike, just by hook or by crook, if we can just get two wins, at, you know, two wins or even two wins on the spin, it just suddenly makes you feel so much better. You know, and even if you're greedy, if we can try and get three wins out of the next five or something like that, I know it's not easy and I know we found it difficult, but I think it just takes away any sort of stress, doesn't it? And and then you're not having to worry about the last two or three games of the season. That That's my biggest concern. Um, but yeah, go, going into Fulham, um, like I said, it's as close to, and I hate the term must win, I really do, because, you know, at the end of the day, it, 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 oh, you should want to win all games of football, but I just think this one here is a real opportunity with the key players that we said that are out, particularly Mitrovic. And I, I, I just think we've got to go all out and try and, and try and get this win. So I, I'm going to say one nil. I'm going to say one nil. I think it'll be super tight. I think it'll be super tight. Pete, I think it's going to be the opposite. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a really open game, end to end, counter counter attack to counter attack. I'm saying two two. Oh, Pete, don't do this to us, mate. Don't do this to us. 2-2. Two, two. Oh, my God. We don't, we, don't want it. we don't want to be seeing that at Goodison Park, that's for sure. Um, definitely not. It's got to be, like you say, Lee, the, the, the phrase must win is, is a horrible phrase, isn't it? We, no, no, one, no one likes that. But as you say, it's probably as close as it gets, given where we are in the season. I'm going Everton 2-0. I think I think I think we can win a game by a couple of goals. I really do. I'd love those two goals to be in the first half, so I can sit in the second half with my feet up, with the world's hottest coffee at Goodison Park. I've never known coffee to be so hot, by the way, at Goodison. You, you can buy it about half past two, and it's still hot at quarter to five. That's how how, how hot it is. So um, hopefully, nothing like, nothing like burning the granules and taking away the flavour. Is what you say. Listen, I lost I lost my lips there um, for the Tottenham game. Uh, I lost lost my lips. It was that bloody hot, but but yeah. Um, let's let's hope let's hope we can have have a second half, which is is a bit more relaxed. Get a couple of goals ahead. Can we do it? Um, I hope so. Fingers crossed. We're optimistic. Well, we Pete's not. He's going for a two-all, but me me and Lee are optimistic, and and hopefully it'll be it'll be three points for Everton on Saturday, but. That's all for this week. I appreciate everyone tuning in. I hope you had a, had a nice, nice uh, bit of time off over, over Easter, but back to the grind, of course, before we, we head to Goodison Park on, on Saturday afternoon. And we'll be back ourselves next Sunday, um, back to our, our usual slot to look back on the Fulham game and look ahead to a difficult trip to, 
to a, a little bit of a, a research in Crystal Palace. So we'll, we'll catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.